We are starting this series where we are going to spend the next few weeks uh, in Advent. Uh, if you are not familiar with that term, hopefully as we move through the sermon and the series, we will better understand what that means. How many of you have already started your Christmas shopping? Raise your hand. Anybody done with Christmas shopping? Uh, so, I, 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 well, let's just see if somebody was really good at that. But did you raise your hand? Oh, man, we're all coveting there, but we're sinning now. So, uh, but, but we talk about shopping. So I, I love the shopping part, uh, partly. I love Black Friday. So how many of you are fellow Black Friday shoppers? All right. See, so, okay. I love it. Have loved it for years. So over the years, I'm the guy who will get up at three o'clock in the morning and go. I haven't got to the point of camping out yet, but grandkids might, might do that. Um, but but I, I do like going early in the morning when, when Latham was little, before we had Lydia, Claire's parents would come up and they would spend the night with us on Thanksgiving just so that we could go out uh, on Black Friday. And, and now as the kids have gotten older, we still do that. It's kind of now a family tradition for us that we will get up. We don't get up quite as early as we used to, uh, but we will get up and we will go and just kind of spend the day out shopping. We don't really even buy a whole lot of things. It's really more of the experience of, of Black Friday shopping. So we, we like to just go and watch people. Uh, I say we make fun of people uh, and, and, and are often disgusted by people uh, by the fact that, but, but, we, but just the experience part of it is, is really good. Now I like that part, but now what I don't like about Christmas shopping is the wrapping. So I, I I don't like to really wrap presents. I think God's, one of God's greatest inventions was the gift bag. Uh, I feel like that was really a good thing. Uh, what I'll enjoy doing is taking my gift and finding a bag, shoving it down, putting two pieces of tissue paper, taping the bag entirely shut so that you're impossible for you to be able to see, much to Lydia's demise that, that she can't see into the package. But that's my, I think that's the way to do it. For those of you who are like real ornate in the way that you pack, wrap your packages, I don't understand it. Um, my father-in-law, he had a bow machine. So he would like hand make his bows so that every package would be really nice and neat. And even now when I'm ripping the package open and I've got the bow, Claire's like, save the bow, you know, and, and I, I just, I think that's what we do. We just rip it all open, you know, and so I, I think the bag's the way to go. But, but I say all of that to say is that we can have the tendency to just like want to jump to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so we want to have the tendency to just rip open the package. Advent is a way to help us stop and really enjoy the gift. It's the beauty. We're going to spend the next few weeks really opening up what this gift is that God has given us and exploring what we can learn about it and how it can affect us uh, throughout the season and throughout the year. So that's my challenge to you is every week, let's, let's just allow the Holy Spirit to open us up as we open up the gift of Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Now, I realize some of you are going to go, wait a minute. Jesus was born in the New Testament, uh, but we're going, to, we're going to look at Isaiah. And the reason being is that Isaiah gives some really powerful words 
about the gift of Jesus to the people of Israel. And I believe that it's powerful words for, for us as well. Uh, and so I want us to, to spend some time. So look in Isaiah and turn to chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at a verse that many of you have probably heard of. It's Isaiah 7 verse 14. So let's try this. So scripture says this. All right then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, how many of you have heard that passage before? You've seen. Okay, so some of you have have heard that passage. It's a a pretty prominent scripture from from Isaiah. but, But a lot of times we don't stop and think about what's the context of going on. So if you've got your Bible, stay open to Isaiah 7. We're going to go back to verse 1, and I'm going to read through 14 verses. It's not going to be on the screen. It's just for you to listen to or read with me. So let's start back in verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham and grandson of Uzziah, was king of Judah... King Rezin of Syria and Pekah son of Ramalia, the king of Israel, set out to attack Jerusalem. However, they were unable to carry out their plan. The news had come to the royal court of Judah. Syria is allied with Israel against us. So the hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear, like trees shaking in a storm. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Take your son, Sheershabub, and go out to meet King Ahaz. You will find him at the end of the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool. Near the road leading to the field where cloth is washed. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those two burned out embers, King Rezin of Syria and Pekah son of Ramalia. Yes, the kings of Syria and Israel are plotting against him, saying, We will attack Judah and capture it for ourselves. Then we will install the son of Tabeel as Judah's king. But this is what the sovereign Lord says This invasion will never happen, it will never take place. For Syria is no stronger than its capital, Damascus, and Damascus is no stronger than its king, Rezin. As for Israel, within 65 years it will be crushed and completely destroyed. Israel is no stronger than its capital, Samaria, and Samaria is no stronger than its king, Pekah, son of Ramalia. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David, isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So in this passage, the truth is things are not going well. Things are not going well when Isaiah brings these words to us. God's chosen nation has become a divided nation. So you have the northern kingdom of Israel, and then you have the southern kingdom of Judah where Ahaz is the king. And he's a somewhat capable king, but he's also somewhat of a misdirected king. And so the Assyrian Empire, what you see happening is the Assyrian Empire is taking over all of the people. And so eventually they're all going to come under their denomination. They're like bullying everybody. So what you get is you get these smaller nations begin to fight each other. And so Syria and Israel, which is Judah's sister nation, Israel and Syria decide that they're going to join together and they're going to attack Judah And King Ahaz is the king of Judah. And so he hears these words 
And the scripture tells us, if you go back into verse 2, it says, when King Ahaz learns of this, the scripture says in verse 2, the, tree, the hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear like trees shaking in a storm. Things are not going well for Ahaz. And I tell you that because I think that's very true today. Things are not going well in our world, in our country, in many of our families, in many of our homes, many of our hearts. So these words are for all of us. And the truth is that some of us are just like Ahaz. We're going through situations where we're shaken like trees in a storm. Now, you could sit here today and you could say, well, I'm not. So everything's going really good. So I think I'll just kind of check out for a minute and then we'll sing a song at the end. Don't check out so quick because you don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. Truth is, you don't know what's going to happen in a minute from now or a second from now. None of us know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so we may be in a good situation now, but we don't know what will happen later or tomorrow. This message of Advent is for everyone, for all of us. Troubles come in quick ways and from all different directions. Financial struggles, the truth is financial struggles don't just disappear. Relationships don't typically just magically become good. Hearts that are hurting don't just not hurt because it's Christmas. In fact, I would actually argue the opposite, which is loneliness is even more lonely. And pain is even more difficult. Um, grief is intensified when you have to go and pull out Christmas decorations and put a tree topper on your tree. That's the truth. And so this is a message for us all. And in this message is a message of hope. See, one of the things I loved about that video that we saw just before the message was we see a person who is experience a moment of hopelessness. And is provided a sign of hope. And the truth is, so many of us, that's what we need to hear today, is a message of hope. So I want us to pause for just a moment, and I want to have a, another moment of silent prayer as I'm going to ask Taylor to light our Advent candle. But what I want you to do as he's lighting the candle, for those of you who are in a situation where you feel less than hopeful, I want you to just spend a minute and name it to God. You don't have to name it out loud. You can, but you don't have to. Just tell God, lift that up to him. For those of you who know someone, maybe you're in a good place right now, but you know somebody who may just need to be reminded of hope, lift them up because you have the ability to carry them before God. So let's just have a moment of prayer as we ask Taylor to light our, cad our Advent candle of hope. Taylor?
go. Thank you. Y'all give it up for Al. But he sent to Ahaz to tell him not to worry about what's going to happen here. That Syria and Israel are not going to be successful at being able to attack Judah. And so, Ahaz, so, so Isaiah tell, tells Ahaz, just ask for a sign. If, if, if you don't believe this is true, ask God for a sign. And he will give you a sign of confirmation that everything is going to be okay. And Ahaz says, No. I'm not going to test God. And that seems somewhat reasonable to us. We, we don't want to test God. However, this is different because God sent his prophet Isaiah to tell Ahaz what to do. And so when Ahaz says no, Isaiah says, okay, the Lord himself will give you a sign. All right. If you're not going to ask for it, the Lord himself will give you one. God is trying to convey a message to Ahaz that everything is going to be okay. And I think that is part of the message of Advent. I think that's part of the Christmas message to all of us, that things are going to be okay. When we look at the world and we see division, and we see hatred, we see anger, we see oppression, we sit here in our own lives and we feel a life of pain and sorrow and grief. Part of what the message of Jesus is all about is it's going to be okay. That's part of the Advent message. Advent means the, the coming of Christ. We're celebrating the coming of Christ. We're celebrating the first coming of Christ where God offers us uh, life through Christ, but we're also celebrating the second coming of Christ where there is not going to be any more hatred and anger and oppression and pain and death. That's part of the message of Christ. And so when Isaiah instructs Ahaz that there's going to be a sign, listen to what he says the sign is going to be. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The proof that everything is going to be okay is that a virgin will give birth and they will call him Emmanuel. And so when Jesus enters time and space, listen to how Matthew records his birth. In Matthew 1, it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which is the passage that we're looking at. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. And Joseph named him Jesus. It's interesting that when Isaiah told Ahaz to ask for a sign, he said, you can ask for as difficult as you want, as highest as the heavens or as low as the depths of the dead. It can be whatever you want it to be. I can't imagine a more difficult sign. Than a virgin 
to give birth to a child. And I know that there are some people who say that the virgin birth didn't occur, or that it's not really important. I think it is important. It's God's sign to us as his people that everything's going to be okay, that his promises are true. And one of the things that I think is brilliant about the virgin birth is that I think God knew us. And when we think about miraculous, we typically associate miraculous with spectacular. That if something's going to be miraculous, it's going to be this spectacular event. But miraculous doesn't have to be spectacular, is what this birth tells us. It's often found in those ordinary, everyday inconspicuous ways. Jesus was born in a manger. This manger is probably nicer than the place where Jesus was born. He didn't have all of the fanfare that you would think King of Kings would have. None of that was there. And so it shows us that while the virgin birth itself is spectacular, the presentation doesn't have to be. And I think we learn from that. I think that If all we're doing is looking for the spectacular this Christmas season, we might miss the miraculous. It often comes in those ordinary moments. I would invite you this morning to think about if you know much of Scripture, you can think back to to Ezekiel in the Old Testament. In 1 Kings, it talks about Ezekiel. God tells him to go out onto the mountain so that he can see God pass by. And so as Ezekiel goes out and he's looking for God, there's this great wind. And this wind comes and it crushes the rocks. But the Scripture says God is not in the wind. And then an earthquake happens. But the Scripture says God is not in the earthquake. And then there's this great fire, and Scripture says God is not in the fire. And then there's this gentle whisper, and if you know much about the Scriptures, you know that it says that the Lord is in the gentle whisper. How many people missed the birth of the Savior of the world because they were looking for the spectacular? And how many of us miss the miraculous because we're only willing to allow it to be the spectacular moments? where our financial struggles are just instantly gone or the pain is just miraculously taken away. Maybe, maybe God had something different in mind, something less spectacular. When Ahaz was struggling, when he was worried, when he was trembling like trees in, a, in, in, in the wind... God says to him, I'm going to give you a sign and it's a virgin is going to give birth and you're going to call him Emmanuel. And it's in the name that is so important. Emmanuel, God is with us. God's not saying that all of a sudden everything is going to financially be okay for you. God is not saying that you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be free of pain. God is not saying that all of the spectacular events that we have in our head are the things that take place. Maybe there's a greater miracle. Maybe there's a greater miracle for all of us. The very God who created the universe. Listen, the very God who created the universe came to us, came to me, came to you. Maybe there's a greater miracle here. God chose to leave the very glory of heaven to come here to be with you and to be with me. 
Emmanuel. That's what makes Christmas Christmas. We can jump to the presents. We can jump to, to Christmas morning. But what makes the next few weeks special is we stop and remind ourselves that God is with us. Let me tell you, if you've ever gone through any kind of tragedy or difficulty, I can almost promise you that this is what you're going to remember. You're going to remember somebody came and sat with you. You're going to remember that somebody called and checked on you. You're going to remember that somebody came to your door. Maybe they didn't have the answers. Maybe they didn't try to give you what the solution was, but they were willing to listen to you. They were willing to hold your hand. They were willing to cry with you. Nearness is miraculous. Nearness is miraculous. That's the miracle of Christmas. Whatever you sit here today and you're threatened by, you're struggling with, you're in pain over, the miracle of what Isaiah tells to King Ahaz is the way that you know that it's going to be okay is that the virgin gave birth to a child and called him Emmanuel. God is with us. One of the favorite passages that I have for Christmas comes in Philippians. Listen to this, what it says in Philippians 2. Talking about Jesus, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died on a criminal's death, died a criminal's death on a cross. When you're going through some difficulty, it's great to have somebody come alongside you. It's even more powerful when that person has gone through and experienced what you're going through. And it tells us that Jesus emptied himself of everything and took on the form of a human to be able to experience what it is that we are going through. I don't know what you're shaken with. I don't know what storms have come. Maybe, maybe you are worried about paying your bills. Maybe this is going to be the first Christmas that you're going to go through without somebody that you really, really love. Maybe you wake up every day in pain. And we struggle with worry and anxiety. The promise of Advent is that Christ says, I'll be with you. And I know what you're going through because I've been there. That's the hope that we have. And the reality is we sit here today as two different groups of people. Some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're in it right now. And this is going to be a difficult year. Others of you, it's coming. Whether it's next year, two years from now, you're going to have a difficult season. The message, the child born in a manger, God is with us, Emmanuel. It's the hope of Christmas. We sang a song just a moment ago, Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit moved in us, right? In that moment, you could feel it's the promise of God that is given to us to say everything is going to be okay. It's the nearness of Christ 
is miraculous and that God is with us. Folks, that's the hope of the Christmas season. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we, we come in this moment, and Lord, I realize that there are people in this room who, who are struggling, who feel very much like Ahaz, that everything is crashing in, they don't see a way out. I pray, Lord, in this moment that they can be reminded of your promise that a child born to a virgin named Emmanuel is your sign to us that everything will be okay. And so I pray right now for those who are struggling. May this be a moment where they are able to Turn it over to you. To experience hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we get to receive Holy Communion in a I cannot think of a, a better way to describe communion than nearness. That what we experience in this moment.